Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Make Parts Fast podcast. I'm Leslie Langnaw, editor of Make Parts Fast, and I'm joined today by Jonathan and Nate Merringer, who are the inventors of Sprite, a small, durable drone that offers an alternative to larger, generally more fragile quadcopter drones. So thank you both for joining me today. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks, Leslie. Okay, so tell me a little bit of, of background about this project. How did it begin? Yeah, sure. Um, this is uh, Nate speaking. Um, John and I both grew up in uh, the greater Boston area. Uh, we both went to school in upstate New York and got uh, degrees in aerospace engineering. Uh, we both got job offers in Arizona, and it surprised nobody when both of us kind of followed each other out here. Um, and we were really excited to uh, make the move out here, not just because we really like um, engineering and design, but also uh, because the landscape out here uh, allows us uh, to explore our other passion, uh, which is exploring and rock climbing. Needless to say, the environment's much different than around Boston, and uh, so we would take weekends and we would get our guidebook out uh, and we would plan these missions uh, to go explore. And uh, about half of them failed, and we would end up walking around with our gear all day um, trying to find um, some very tiny game trails you're supposed to follow or just difficult routes that require uh, navigating. And so there was a common thread, though. Whenever we would go out and we would go on these missions, um, most of the time they would end with us uh, uh, climbing something at the end, and we would get to the top, and you would look back, from the, from the top of the cliff, you could always see the routes you were supposed to take. And it might be, you know, a route that took us two or three times to find our way. And then when you finally get to the top of the, the cliff, you say, oh, hey, I can now see everything perfectly. So even though we had this experience a few times, it, 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 it took a few times to actually kind of click and say, hey, we have aerospace degrees. We see the importance of this aerial perspective and how it can help us. Let's make something. But so when that finally did start to come together, we, you know, kind of brainstormed the idea and flushed it out. And it started as just like a, a real small, very limited feature set uh, vehicle. Um, and then we started to um, improve on the design and say, well, you know, how about rather than just uh, popping up and seeing where the trail goes, you know, we'd also like it to, you know, be able to film us when we're at the, at the top of the, the cliff or do other functions too. And so... As we began to go on more of these missions and talk more about the design and the vehicle, uh, what kind of just grew out of that process is uh, what we have now, which we call Sprite. Yeah, this is John. I'll just uh, expand on that a little bit. Is we knew at the time that there was plenty of drones and other flying devices that could give you that aerial perspective, but it just was so inconvenient to really think of with all your rock climbing gear, your backpacking gear, your bike, you're really going to haul this flying device that requires all these radios and other peripheral electronics with you. It wasn't feasible. And so where we sort of came from is what is something you would want to bring with you? What is packable? What's the configuration that maybe has worked in the past that people aren't exploring? And, you know, whatever you see is all today with drones is the quadcopter, multi-copter design. So I think uh, trying to think outside the box a little bit like that and having a specific application, which was sort of the uh, outdoor hiking and backpacking and climbing, really led us to this coaxial design being a natural fit. And through many conversations and, and just like walking and being lost in the wilderness, we sort of, yeah, coalesced around the design that is uh, now Sprite. Yes, your design is very sleek. I, I really like the no, way it looks. You. So after you did your design, um, what brought you to Proto Labs? What did you use them for? 
So, so when we first started with the design, uh, we didn't have great ways to manufacture anything, which I think is a problem most hobbyists or DIY people uh, encounter. And so we were buying uh, off-the-shelf little hobby helicopters to do the programming and test some of the electronics. And eventually, when we wanted to build something, we realized we need a 3D printer, which was another emerging technology at the time. And that was game-changing for us. For anybody who's uh, bought one and finally realized it's almost empowering feeling. You can suddenly print out anything you could possibly need. And it allowed us to just quickly iterate and prototype like crazy. However, we then got to a point where the, the 3D printer, we were printing in PLA plastic at the time, which is, uh, it's hard and it's durable. It, it, it works well, but thermally it breaks down very quickly. And so uh, for long duration flights of our prototype at the time, uh, it just couldn't handle the heat. We knew we needed something with more precision, um, more strength and durability. And so, we, you know, a prototyping shop wasn't really on our radar at the time. I think we were still trying to figure out whether this would even be a feasible business or if this was just going to remain a hobby for us. And uh, somebody, one of our fans or people following us online, pointed out uh, Proto Labs and said this would be a great uh, fit for you guys. You probably are at the point where you need some professional prototyping services. And so we went onto the website, started poking around, and that's when we discovered the, the Cool Idea Award. And we thought, wow, wouldn't that be a perfect fit? It allows us not to invest a ton of, you know, personal resources and money into trying to do production at the time we wanted plastic molds so we could start cutting back on the three printed parts we were using, particularly, as I mentioned, the ones that were susceptible to a lot of the heating. And so by doing the Cool Idea Award, like I said, we wouldn't have to invest a lot of our own personal uh, money into it, but it'd be a great opportunity from us for that. And then also there were several aluminum parts that we tried cutting out of sheet metal and tried other methods to manufacture ourselves, but it was just obvious we needed uh, professionals to do it. And again, the fact that Proto Labs uh, could, could make these for us relatively cheaply and get it to us very quickly. It, it just became an obvious next step in the development of our of our prototype. So I have to back you up a little bit. I'm imagining sure. you were using some kind of a desktop 3D printer? Yeah, that's right. So we started with a MakerBot, okay. which I mentioned prints the PLA, which is beautiful, but just not terribly robust. And then eventually we moved on to one that could do ABS plastic, which is a little more capable. But uh, still, at the end of the day, we, we really got excited about moving on to uh, molded plastic. Hey, and this is uh, Nate Leslie. Let me just jump in real quick. The other uh, thing about moving to the ProtoLab parts is um, uh, the injected molded parts were, were just gorgeous. And uh, after we had been printing with the PLA for so long, you don't have a very nice surface finish on those. Yeah. So you end up with some rough-looking parts. When we finally got in the um, – or not finally, we got the, the ProtoLab parts in really quickly – and um, it was so nice to put together a vehicle that looked professional with a with a gorgeous surface finish and everything, and it just really uh, really upped the ante with our our prototype. But as you said, working with a three D printer at first allowed you to iterate so many ways that you could really fine tune your design. Yeah, it was absolutely game changing for us, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And important before we you know committed to a bunch of plastic. Uh, parts that are molded to have already printed them out, made sure they were going to, you know, properly interface and fit. It makes a lot of confidence when you finally hit that button to go through with the order. Now, when you were working with Protolabs, uh, were there any challenges or were there any um, designs advice that they gave you? Did you? How did you find that process working with them? We enjoyed it an awful lot. So a lot of our parts were pretty mature, already going and engaging protolabs. And we have a lot of design experience, not necessarily with the injection molding and plastic parts, but with aluminum and, 
and uh, from from previous jobs. And so, uh, what we largely found very helpful from Proto Labs was uh, all their literature and copy on how to design properly for uh, injection molding, where there are hangups, and then when you actually go to submit your part, uh, there's an automated online computer front that does sort of like an analysis of your part, shows you where there might be problems with it, gives you what the estimated quote would be, and you can almost kind of iterate with that online software to try and make your part more simply, bring down the quote, and uh, that was just really nice to be able to run your models through, see see them get closer, see them, you know, get cleaner and cleaner, and so we didn't have to engage too many of the engineers at Proto Labs, but... Um, uh, when we needed to, they were there for advice on things like, you know, color selection or why the computer was making certain decisions with uh, what your mold needed. Okay. Yeah, Leslie, this is Nate again. John brings up a, a great point about uh, working with Protolabs and especially the software that we run the quotes through. One of the challenges kind of moving from the 3D printed designs to the injection molded designs is there's uh, suddenly uh, your parts need to be shaped a little bit different. There needs to be draft in them so they can be ejected from uh, the mold. You can uh, incorporate different design features that you couldn't with the 3D printer. So that was our that was the best way uh, or, or the most useful information we were able to draw from Proto Labs uh, was specifically changes we would need to make to make sure they came out of the injection molding the way we wanted to. And the software that they had set up on their website. Um, allowed us to just really rapidly put in our models and quickly get out a quote that would say, hey, these features are going to cost uh, more um, or this feature is going to be challenging. And we could, um, in the same way we iterated the design with a 3D printer, the software with Protolabs allowed us to then iterate the design again, but from a manufacturing standpoint to make sure that it would come out of the injection molding machine correctly. So now I, I'm assuming that you've already received the grant money? Yeah, that's right, and, and we've already procured all the parts. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, what's the next step? Uh, so the next step for us is we're trying to engage a uh, like a full-scale manufacturer uh-huh. um, that has experience in the RC and, uh, and drone industry to, um, to, to help us uh, enter production. We're going to be scaling up uh, beyond uh, what is feasible for uh, Proto Labs to do. So um, they've really, really helped us out with the beginning of uh, getting a foothold in the drone market, and we'll be using the molds that we've already procured to uh, go forward and fulfill our Kickstarter um, agreements. But uh, as we move forward past them, uh, past them, we'll we'll be looking to uh, to engage with a with a a full manufacturing shop. Okay. Leslie, one thing we probably glossed over, and it probably should have been one of the, the first things we brought up, is just maybe the evolution of the Sprite so far. It, it did eventually go from a hobby design, and uh, we leveraged Kickstarter, as some people listening to this podcast might know, um, and did very successful there, raising money and allowing us to um, to entertain the idea of a, of a full produc- production run. So Sprite, as of today or as of a couple months, will be a, a full uh, commercial viable product. So that was one of my questions I was going to ask you is about what time do you think it was going to be available for somebody to purchase? And it uh, sounds like in the next few months. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. We're talking with a, a manufacturer right now, and we're shooting for uh, the for the Kickstarter backers. We're going to have them shipped by June. And then we're also taking pre-order sales through our website, 
and those will be um, we're shooting for the third quarter of this year, late late summer. And what is your website? Um, it's www.ascentarosystems.com. All righty. So for any of our listeners, if you're interested in seeing more about the Sprite drone and seeing more of the full story, feel free to visit that website. And we've also got a story posted on Make Parts Fast about it. So thank you both for joining me this afternoon. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks, Leslie.